I'm going to just open with the word. How is that? That's good. All right. So I'm going to be in Ephesians um, 2, 19 through 22. And it says, so this is, this is um, talking about us as Christians, as believers. And it says, you're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home, country. You're no longer strangers. You're no longer outsiders. You belong here. That's true. You belong here. With as much right as the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's, he's using us all. Ooh, that's, in, irrespective of how we got here in what he is building. He used the apostles, the prophets, and the foundation. He is using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into a temple in which God is quite a home. He's saying, everybody. God died you know, he sent his son for everyone. I love that. He's saying, you're in the kingdom, you're in the family. And um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about Jesus. You know, he's pretty awesome. He's pretty awesome. So I'm just going to give a little recap. If you weren't here last week, I gave a part of the testimony of my life. And um, I think that God says by the blood of our, the lamb, which is Jesus, in the words of our testimony, people are saved. And so sometimes it's hard to give your testimony, you know, if you have that life that I grew up with abuse and, and fear and never knowing if you're going to be alive or dead or what's going to happen in your life. And, and I look at, you know, living through that, living in fear, you know, being hard, being mean, um, you know, going through that abuse. And I didn't really finish my story. I talked about how Jesus pulled me out of that how he gave me a hope, how he loved me when it felt like no one loved me. And, um, and I just wanted to finish that story a little bit because I kind of left here and you guys heard that, you know, my dad, um, he grew up, he was an alcoholic, he was severely abusive, you know, um, fear, you know, hiding and, you know, not, you know, basically being homeless at times and, um, and all of these things that we went through. And I thought, I never finished a story because something you guys don't know is both my parents are still alive. Both my parents are together. And I have a good relationship with them. And you think, how can you have a good relationship with people who have hurt you? You know what I mean? Right? Because yeah. you're thinking, that's crazy. You know, if you have children, you're thinking, I'm, I'm just going to run in there and just save them. And pick And God's like, he's the Savior, not us. And so something kind of brought to my mind is I want to share with you how it I kind of got here is Lana was three years old and I um we went to see my sister she's gonna have a baby down in Oklahoma and you know my dad had a really terrible moment and he pushed my mom like down the steps in front of my child and Lana was really traumatized you know and then I basically he left and it was just this huge thing and and all of this stuff and so I ended up driving with my two children I rented a car and I drove home from Oklahoma and I and it was and I you know thought okay I'm just not doing this anymore I'm all angry right so I'm like I'm just done with these people they're my parents I'm just done but I'm like I need to protect my kids and I would go into Lana's room and she would have like her dolls and she would be playing out that scene 
over and over. And I thought, I can't let my children experience that. I cannot, like I live that every day. And I can't believe that I allowed that into my children's life. So I didn't talk to my parents. I said, I love you, but we need some space. And uh, over a year went by, and I used to, I clean these cottages out in Pentwater, and it's, like, dead out there. You know, like, in the spring, nobody's out there. I'm, like, out in, like, the bluffs, if you know where that is. It's, like, dirt roads, and if you look down, there's, like, a, you know, no one's coming out there. So I was at this cottage, and I was cleaning, and I was just having a great year with the Lord. And I was just talking, like, I want to go after the lost. Lord, like, I'm just so hungry. Like, I want people to know you. I want people to meet you. And the Lord said, I'm literally cleaning these windows. And the Lord says, if you want to go after the lost, Sarah, I brought them to you and they're waiting outside. And I go, I go outside and my dad is standing there. And I was like, really, Lord? Anybody else? Anybody else, right? Anybody else? So, and I have Lana with me. Because, you know, she wasn't in school yet. She's four. Um, I was like, this bad mom, I kept my kids with me. I kind of like them a little bit. They're kind of awesome. So, standing there, and I'm thinking, this is a volatile man. Like, how am I going to say what you want me to say, Lord? Like, we're out in the middle of nowhere. There's no one even to help me. Like, like my car is locked right now. Like, I can't even. Okay, what am I going to do? Because when you live that life, you know where every lock is on your door. You know where every phone is. You know where every, how far every person that is safe is from you. Every moment of your life. So here I am with a small child. And the Lord's like, I want you to speak to your dad. So my dad, you know, he comes up and he says hi. And I said, well, you know, I'm not doing all this. Like, I just need to speak to you. And my dad just completely became humble. And I said, my children need godly people in their life. I don't want my children to know you as this person. My children should never have a memory of that. And, I, and so then I talked about my mom and dad's life to him. And, and my dad started admitting things, which is very hard for some people. And then I said, I asked him, I said, do you know Jesus? He's, and, I, and he said, I don't. I've gone to church, but I don't know him. And so the Lord said, I want you to walk him through it because he needs to do it on his own. So I said, well, let, I'm going to tell you how you can meet Jesus. And I said, you know, calling on his name, it doesn't matter the past. And I don't know if my dad said that prayer because he didn't want to say it with me right then, but he received that. And, I, and then we spoke to him, and he, I looked at my daughter, and I said, this child needs to know that you're a good grandpa. And, and you know what? She doesn't even remember that except through stories. My kids are like, why are the other grandkids? And I said, you know, because that day on, grandpa said he apologized and never have my kids had to experience that. He said, you know, and I still, you know, you know what the greatest part is the relationship I have with my dad now? Going to Menards after I take him to the doctor. You ever take, you ever take old guy to the Menards? Come on. You know, you got the cart because he just got out of the doctor, had the, the shop pains. He got the cart. I'm running around. You know, he's whizzing everywhere, and I'm like, wait up. I'm chasing him. At the, 
car and he's like, you know, what do your kids want? Do they want this like 20, you know, 20 pound bag of like cheese curls? Get those, put those in there for your girls. And he's like, what else do they want? You know, and he's just buying. And I'm talking about those big things. He's like, I'm pretty sure that's what your girls need. (laughs) How good is that? If you would have told me when I was a kid or a teenager that that was going to be what I was going to be doing, I would have been like, no, never, like never. Just last week, I took my mom to the doctor (laughs) and my dad, and I'm taking them both, and I have to put my mom on this bus. We're running around, and it is just, I'm like, God, I didn't know that it was going to be like this. You can restore. God can restore. So I just wanted to give you guys that because I thought I didn't leave that with the greatest part of what Jesus has done. Um. So, and if you haven't heard the message, you can definitely, you can go on our website and listen to last week's, but, so no matter what environment you're raised in, that's what I want you to get, no matter what environment you're raised in, you can create a kingdom atmosphere in your life. I was still living in that while I had a kingdom atmosphere. I was raised in the fear, I was raised in the pain, I was raised in the bitterness, I was raised in the abuse, but I don't live there. And I didn't become that. That's the thing is you don't have to become your circumstances. I mean, now I'm like to my kids. I mean, your guys' kids too, they're at my house. I'm like, oh, they're going to bed. I'm like, give me a hug. So I basically hugged all the kids. I'm like, everyone's got to give me a hug. Got to say goodnight. Like, that's what we do. You know, my kids still crawl into my bed and be like, Mom, I'm going to lay here with you. I just love you. And I'm like, yes. I went from hiding under my own bed, (laughs) fear, that, like, he's going to come home drunk and, like, hurt us all, to, like, here's my kids that are, like, squishing their dad even out of bed, like, give me more room, more space, dad, you know, squeezing in the middle and then, like, spreading out. You know, it was okay when they were, like, two, but, like, she's 16, you guys. Look, I mean, this is what I have to deal with. And then they also have pets, and they're like, oh, let my cat come in here. And my do-. So you got, like, two kids, two cats, two dogs, two adults, you know, on a queen-size bed. How good is that? We need, we need the family bed. Just make the whole room one. But it's because I met Jesus. Didn't hear about him. Didn't think church, but I met him. And he met me with freedom. He set me free from the life I was living gave me choices. He, when he died, it gave me freedom, and I didn't have to let life happen to me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> there, was a, there was some years that I had the ability to even stand up, and I just remember one time, my dad was so angry, and he was coming after my mom, and I, I'd met you, hadn't And I just said, I just remember standing in the door, and I said to my dad, I said, if you are going to do this, you're going to come through me. And I said, and I have the Spirit of the Lord on me. So bring it. And my dad looked at me, and he walked away and got in his car. That's what Jesus can do. When you see the Spirit of the Lord on people, I'm like, he probably saw like a thousand angels behind me. Like, like bring it on through. Because I am not moving. I am not stepping down. I'm a tough softy. Does that make sense? 
You know, and I knew life wasn't getting better instantly. It even got worse sometimes over the years. But I had to learn how to be in the kingdom, how to be a child of God. So I got saved, like I said, at 15. I met Jesus. I didn't really know anything about him except for, like, I don't want to feel like this, and you say you have something for me. Give it to me. I got a little selfish. Like, come on. And so I had to learn how to be a child of God. And there was a lot of mess to clean up. Messes that happened to me, messes that I made myself. And we kind of do that, right? Uh, my heart needed to be cleaned up and restored. It wasn't really working properly. Um, I wasn't responding properly. My mind, my thought, what I thought about myself, what I thought about other people, that needed to be cleaned up. And it didn't happen instantly. God saved me instantly. Jesus came into my life instantly. But he had to work on He still had some things that needed an overhaul. And, you know, my mind, my spirit, my souls, my actions, they were messy. Sometimes they still are. It's going to be a, a work. It's not like it was 10 years ago, but definitely next year is going to be going to be different. It takes time. That's where grace comes in. Aren't you so thankful we serve a God who gives us grace when we make mistakes? We do things that are not right. We do things that hurt people. He's like, you know what? I already died for that. Bring repentance. You know what? Say you're sorry. You know, repent. And we're gonna, now I'm going to get you going where you need to go. So what I started to do, I just started to talk to God. Which, you know, we might call it prayer, but really that's just talking to God. And first it was just probably me complaining to God a lot. Like, why'd you put me here? How am I in this family? You know, what, you know why do these people, you know, because of course, like, my best friends, um, they were a brother and sister that I actually stalked to, they were homeschooled, and I just was like, I'm watching their family. So then I literally started stalking them. Um, but we're friends now. We're still this sounds worse when I say it out loud, doesn't it? They worked at a grocery store, so I would just show up, put notes on their car. Like, I'm going to be your friend. I was a weird kid. No. But it worked. It was kind of weird. I mean, i got to do this story. So, so it was kind of weird because, like, I kept, I'm like, oh, I, like, of course it started with the brother. You know, you like him. So I was, like, slipping notes to his car. But there was two people that had the same car. I didn't know his name either. That's the hard part. I just, it was a grocery store across from my house. So I sang all the time. So I started putting these notes. And then the, the girl, this girl came to me. She's like, you know that that's his car. I was like, oh. So then I put him to the other car. So this guy's like, I'm like, hey, meet me when you get to work. It's like dark. But, I mean, what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> so I show up there and he met me. We became friends. And then he's like, you got to meet my sister. Her name is Sarah. So we have been friends since... For a long time. You can guess how old I am. Um, so, and I just look at that, and I looked at their family, and it was just so good. They loved the Lord. They went to church. They had dinner together. You know, they spent time together, and I was like, I want that. And the Lord's like, well, that's not where I have you. And I wanted to be there all the time. And the Lord's like, I'm creating something in you because you have, you have a different plan and a purpose. And I thought, by watching that, I'm going to create that. And so it and I, you know, I was like, why God, why God, when you're watching these amazing families? They had their own things. You know, you don't see them all, but everybody does. But I was watching this amazing family who loved each other. The siblings loved each other. And I'm thinking, I was terrified of my siblings. They were not nice. I mean, my brother posted a picture of a snake. 
And I like, my heart started, like, he's like, I found this snake. And I'm thinking, I remember when my brothers used to, like, throw snakes or come up with snakes and, like, scare us or, you know, terrified. And I'm still, my heart's, I'm, I, that's been a lot of years and I'm still scared. Because they would still do that today. They're brothers. They're brothers. And so, but God's like, this is, this is where I have you. You need to learn how to walk through here and how to be with me, even if I don't take you out of everything that's going on. You know, I look at Joseph, you know, he was a little, he was the youngest brat. I mean, I kind of, you know, with him a little bit. I mean, so, and, and he had to go through some things before he became leader of the country. You know, his brothers are like, little brat, we're going to sell you. We're going to throw you in a pit. I mean, my brothers didn't take it that far. They did throw me in a pit, but it wasn't that deep that they created. They made booby traps in the woods, and I more fell into it. Uh, yeah. But he was in the pit, and then he goes to the palace. He's a good guy. He's doing everything right. He's like, God, I just love you. And then another thing happens, and he goes to jail. And he didn't even do it. And I look at that, and God's like, I'm not taking you out of your situation because your situation is creating who you are. Can you serve me? Can you love me, even when it's hard? He did, and I did, and it's good. And I realized the more time I spent with him, no matter what was going on around me, the more time I spent with him, talking to him, praying, the more I went to church. And, you know, you guys, church, your church family, this is a privilege to be able to have a good body to come to the body of Christ because I had to sneak out to go to church I wasn't allowed that was you know I know how hard it is to have people who care about you and support you and it says so that is why you know I prayed and I started going to church and I started meeting people who encouraged me and I started to read my bible and I was like there's a lot of wisdom in here like here's the situation I'm going through this is what God's telling me to do and my life began to change. I began to change. My surroundings did not change. How, how other people responded to me sometimes did not change. But man, I became, I, uh, joy came into my life. I was, God saved me from, I never, it was like he plucked me up. And I never went into alcohol. I never partied. I never had was smoking. I didn't run with boys. And I didn't. Um, I didn't skip school most of the time. I maybe had teachers that allowed me to skip school because I was such a good kid. True story. I had teachers that were like, you can go, Sarah. You already got this. Back before, like, attendance and stuff. But So I began to, what happened is that hard exterior began to fall off. And my true identity of who Jesus created me to be began to come out. So then, like, then I was, like, known as, like, the crazy, wild girl that was, like, always laughing and, like, doing crazy things. Um, I remember one year, we used to sit in the hall for lunch, and I was like, we're going to make this, like, our church and our family. So, like, I was like, everyone just bring blanks every day. We're having lunch together. We're eating together. We were, like, kids trying to do potluck, and the things we were bringing. (laughs) This one kid made jello, and he made, okay, if you know how to go, he, he made clear jello, just the clear gelatin and brought it. And I was like, 
because mm, we would just always share and we just spent time together. That jello did not get eaten, but it did get used. We maybe threw it all around the school. But the great thing is, when you have teachers that love you, they're like, oh, that's just you guys being silly. I did so many things I should have gotten in trouble for, but because the favor of the Lord was on me, it was so good. I wasn't really a teacher's pet, was I? can ask my teachers later. All right, so my true identity began to come out. And what happens is Jesus gives you all freedom. He does. You can do whatever you want. You can sleep in on Sundays. You can be like, I'm not going to read my Bible. I'm not going to pray. And when you get to know him, you don't have to. He, it's not a requirement. You get to do that. But what happens if we don't handle our freedom well, if, we, if our character doesn't grow as we get to know Jesus, what happens is we'll continue to break relationships and hurt people and hurt ourselves. That's why, that's why learning more about Jesus, that's why learning more about the Word of God, that's why spending time talking to Him, it changes your life. You, that's why we need prayer, that's why we need church, that's why we need the Word of God. And the more I experience God, Jesus and the Holy Spirit, you know what happens when you do that, when you really experience them, and it's not just words on a paper? <laughs> I wanted more, right? Yeah. It's like that, like potato chip things, like I bet you can't have just one, it's like, I... Now I just want to spend more time with Jesus. I want people, I want to spend more time with people who know Jesus. And so I wanted, I wanted those friends that stuck closer than a brother. When you're having a bad day and you're mean and you're grumpy, I want those friends that'll be like, she's just having a bad day. And they love you anyways. I wanted a song of Solomon love. <laughs> Funny. T- I wanted that, right? I wanted, I didn't want someone... I look at my parents been married 50 years and I never saw them hug or kiss in my entire life to this day. If you come to my house, I'm sorry. <laughs> Even if it's the first time you met you. Because that's what God did for me. I wanted that. I, I learned what God said, so I looked for that. This man of God. You know, I wanted to be that Proverbs 31 woman. I wanted to work hard. I wanted to raise my kids well. I wanted to love people. I think I did pretty good. I mean, look at my fruit. The fruit is my children. And I, I mean, I may be biased, but they are really awesome. Phenomenal. Astounding. Perfect. Beautiful. Kind. Sweet. Generous. Gifted. I'm just speaking that over you now. I'm just pouring blessing out. But there's one thing I wanted most of all. I wanted a good father. And in the world today, that's a hard thing to find, isn't it? You know, we have a lot of that. And, and God says he's, the fa- he's our father. So if you've had a bad dad, if you've had no dad, if you've been abandoned by your dad, it may be hard to see that God, how God could be a good father. You know, when we look at our dads, sometimes that's painful. But God's like, no, I'm, I'm a good father. Let me show you what a good father's like. And in Luke eleven thirteen, it says, if imperfect parents, I mean, I'm pretty close, but I'm still imperfect, guys. I mean, right? I'm pretty close. She said it. Did you get, could, you, could you pick that up? But even if imperfect parents know how to lovingly take care of their children and give them what they need, how much more will the perfect heavenly father give the Holy Spirit fullness when his children ask him? We know Jesus. We're his children. 
We are God's children. So even if you think, I had a really great dad, he's like, even at their best, it doesn't even compare to what God has for you, how much he loves you. It's amazing. When I met Jesus, he truly saved me. And not just me, but each generation after me. My children will never know a moment without him. See, those of you that maybe live, you know, didn't know Jesus your whole life, my children have never known a moment because the first moment that they, they rebelled against God, me and Matt, we were there and we said, here is how you get back in right standing with the Lord. So because of what Jesus did for me and for Matt, our children will never know a moment without him. They will grow. They will choose godly men who then they will have children, and those children will never know. So we will have generations that will continually walk in the presence of the Lord. So all of the things, the adversity, all the things that me and my husband went through and lived, they will never experience they're going to be able to start at the top. How good is that, to start at the top instead of clawing your way? I mean, if you have to claw, Jesus is right behind you. He's got you. Some of you may have to, and I'm sorry for that. I really am, because that's not what God, that's not what God wanted. But I look at that, and I'm thinking, when I was in my room thinking, why, Jesus, you know, why, God, why does it have to be like this when I was a kid? And then I look at my children, and I think God's like, that's why. Because they never will sit in their room. They will never be there. He said, you get to change generations to the thousandth generation. Whoo! That is so good. Ah. Oh. When I get to be a grandma and a mima, he is on. Most spoiled kids ever, they are coming to this house. So we can just start today. We can just repent. So if you're like, I have really messed up, or I don't even know Jesus, you don't have to wait to do that. Just repent. Let your pride fall down. Pride is like this. It just, it's like slime that just touches everything and keeps us there and like well I can't do that in front of someone I'm not going to do that I, you know we start justifying how we deserve something no just repent say you know what I don't want to live like this anymore change your mind be confident that he will give you the grace to change he is still giving me the grace I know next year I'm going to be so awesome <laughs> because God's going to keep working on me And the year after that and the same for you he's going to do that he will give you the grace to change be followers of Jesus not goers to church. There's a lot of people who are goers to church. Well, put my time clock. I mean, should we, should we hook up a time clock at the door? One hour, 15 minutes. Yes. No. I don't want sleep in if that's who you are. But when you meet Jesus and you want to follow him, your life starts looking like his. So I'm going to walk you through this right now. Because you're like, you know what? I've actually been a goer to church. That's all right. He's still waiting for you. He's still waiting for you. 
So I'm going to go through this road, and it says in Romans, it says, if you confess that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's talking about you, 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 everybody. For it is by our faith that we are put right with God. It is by our confession that we are saved. Easy. Confess. You know what, Jesus? I'm a sinner. I have not lived my life right, but you died for me. You don't have to do it in front of everybody. You can do it in your room. You can do it right as I'm speaking in your heart right now. Confess. You know what, Lord? I want you. And believe that he's saying, I want you too. How easy is that? That's so easy. Give my easy button. Bam! He's so good. And then it says in Corinthians, anyone who is joined to Christ is a new being. That person that I thought I was, I'm not that person. I'm not bitter. I'm not angry. I'm not jealous anymore. I'm not a victim. I'm not a victim. No, I'm not that person anymore. I'm a new being. The old is gone. The new has come. You are new as soon as you, you know, maybe your actions don't look new. Maybe your thought process isn't new. Maybe your soul needs some healing and it doesn't feel new. But your spirit, the Lord gave you a new spirit right there. You are forever in the kingdom. You are forever in the family. No, even if you do something wrong, right there, he has created you. You are new. In the last part, in Colossians it says, Since you have been accepted... Christ Jesus as Lord, live in union with him. That means you've got to be together. Keep your roots deep in him. Build your lives on him and become stronger in your faith as you were taught and be filled with thanksgiving. Never stop following him. Never stop hearing from him. Never stop talking to him. Keep him close. It says union. You need to have connection with him. You have to talk to him. You have to believe. You have to have faith. That's what happens. So I'm just going to close with that. And we're going to pray. And I think sometimes we've been church goers, church followers, and not Jesus followers. We don't like something at church. You know what we do? I'm going to church down the street. It's raining, guys. Don't do that. I'm just- <laughs> But we can't do that. We need to follow. We're not following a movement. We're not following what we feel like. Sometimes I don't feel like being a nice person, right? Sometimes I don't feel like going the extra mile. I don't feel that way. But I am that way no matter what it looks like because I'm a follower of Jesus. So if, if there's a piece of you, whether you're like, maybe I don't know Jesus, maybe I've never really met Jesus, maybe I have been just going to church or maybe I've been having letting bitterness in my heart we're going to pray and we're just going to either give our life to the Lord and say I'm going to follow you or we're just going to rededicate pieces of our life to the Lord and I'm not going to make you stand up and run up here I mean if you really feel like that's what the Lord's saying you should do that Um, I have seen that Sometimes when you're overcome with emotion and you're thinking, why am I doing this? Like, why am I, like, crying? Or why am I, like, feeling like I just need to get on my knees? That's just the Lord. That's just the Lord. And then the enemy's saying, well, that looks stupid. Don't do that. If you hear that, you do it immediately. (laughs) Because you know the enemy's just trying to take something from you. So we're just going to pray. We're going to agree together. And we're going to believe that we're going to receive something. So you can keep your eyes open. You can close them. I don't really care. That's between you and the Lord. 
Lord, we just thank you for this amazing group, this amazing family, this kingdom family. And right now, Lord, we know that we need you. We don't need to know about you, but we need that relationship with you. So right now, Lord, we just ask you. We just ask you with our, from, our, from our heart, from our spirit right now, for you just to come in, begin to clean up that mess, begin to clean up that pain, begin to grow our character, begin to place wisdom inside of us. Yes, Lord. I just thank you. Right now, I thank you that you are so loving, that you are so kind, that you are waiting always to receive us with open arms. Lord, like your word says, confess and believe. So I just thank you for supernatural belief today to be released, Lord. Areas that hope has been stolen and faith has been weak, Lord. Now we now call that their faith is strong in you, that no circumstance can break them. Lord, that there is nothing more powerful than the Holy Spirit on their lives. Lord, we just thank you for loving us. We thank you for receiving us. We thank you for cleaning us up. We thank you for waiting for us. We thank you for your wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen.